Oh, see, you learn new things every day. There you go. All right, so here we go. Today's topic is we're going to discuss earning money on Shabbos and paying money on Shabbos. That's going to be the focus of these halachas, and um, it comes up a lot, a lot more often than we realize. Okay, so here we go. There's a prohibition on Shabbos. One of the 39 malachos is kosev, writing. To write, like some of us are doing right now. As a protection. See, some things we don't do on Shabbos. People are like, oh, why can't you do that? They're like, oh, I wonder. Like, for example, taking a bath, swimming. Like, what's the problem? It's not one of the 39 malachos. Yeah, so what's the problem? He tells somebody you can't swim on Shabbos because it's considered building. Or it's considered fire lighting. You're lighting a fire. Like, really? Like, what are you talking about? Because the rabbis instituted that you shouldn't swim on Shabbos. As a safeguard, you might come to heat up the pool. You might come to light the fires underneath to make the water warm. So they made a decree. You're not allowed to immerse most of your body in a body of water. So that's why we don't swim on Shabbos. Another issue that could crop up if we allow the body to go completely into water, people might build a raft. Or something to, to float on in order to, to be able to swim. So, so you have a, something which, when you think about it, doesn't seem so clear. But he says, okay, okay, I get a little bit of the background. So what's the issue of earning money on Shabbos? Why is it a problem to earn money on Shabbos? So the issue of earning money on Shabbos is actually kosev. It's writing. It's writing. As a safeguard against the possibility of a person uh, writing on Shabbos, there are certain activities that... The, the, the Chachamim, Chazal, instituted. For example, we're not allowed to do a long-term borrowing. We don't transfer things on Shabbos. This is what comes up. Sometimes people ask Shilas about giving gifts on Shabbos. How do you exactly give a gift? What's the issue of giving gifts? The issue of giving gift is that very often that leads to writing. People will write something down. They'll write over the transfer of ownership from me to you. They'll hand over it. I, be, you know, I have given this over, and now it's no longer mine. Measuring things exactly in like a measuring cup. Also, people can come to write it down, um, so on and so forth. Now, one of the things that's forbidden because of um, because of hakosev because of writing is actually earning money. Earning money, which people generally write down. How much money is owed? How much money is to be paid? The Chachamim, it's a rabbinic issue. It's not a biblical issue. It's a rabbinic issue to earn money on Shabbos. And I want to give a, a uh, let, let's focus for today's shir on the, um, the, the underlying logic behind earning money and ways around it on Shabbos. Okay. In halacha, the way that earning money is called in Hebrew, is Sechar Shabbos. That's the term we're going to be using today. Sechar is the reward of working on Shabbos. Sechar Shabbos. Okay? It's a, it's a, there's a prohibition of Sechar Shabbos. Starts in the Gemara. But Paskin, Paskin Lalach. Okay. Now, the Chachamim say, any money that a person earns on Shabbos, they will, it's forbidden to use. You're not allowed to benefit from it. If you earn money on Shabbos, you're not allowed to benefit from that money. It came about through a, a prohibition. Okay, now this holds true even if it's the, the work that I did is a Shabbos permissible work. So for example, I was hired to be a member of waitstaff at an occasion on Shabbos. 
I am not allowed to benefit from any money that's being compensated to me. Schar Shabbos. It's earnings on Shabbos. Why is this crucial? Why is this important? Because many people, you might have somebody who works, somebody who maybe comes and cleans on Shabbos, a babysitter, somebody helping out on Shabbos. Anybody? How do we compensate each other? The children's programs, people are, want to help out. You pay them by the hour. So, so uh, how, how do we figure this all out? The, and by the way, the prohibition of Schar Shabbos applies whether it's being done by a Jew or a non-Jew. It applies whether it's being Jew or, Jew or non-Jew. It doesn't matter. Okay? Now, that's on Shabbos. A Jew is allowed to compensate a non-Jew after Shabbos for work they did on Shabbos. Okay? As long as it's permissible work. As long as they did Shabbos permissible work. For example, waitstaff, helping out on occasion. So a Jew is allowed to compensate a non-Jew... Um, uh, for work that they did after Shabbos, work that they did on Shabbos. Another area that this comes up is anybody who has business. Anybody who's ever been involved in businesses that people work on Shabbos or you own something. How about websites? Websites that are open. You have to shut down your website on Shabbos. Art Scroll shuts down their website for Shabbos. It shuts down. You cannot order something New York time on artscroll.com. That's what I've been told. I didn't try it. Maybe I should try it because we're in a different time zone. See if it's not true. But I believe that's what, that's what I'm told. But is if somebody places an order online, is it is it a problem? What if somebody owns a parking lot? You own a parking lot 24-7. People pull in out of the parking lot. They pay per day. Can you use the earnings that you're being paid on Shabbos? Or do you have to give it for free? What about if you have rental properties? that you rent out, and people are paying you rent for Shabbos. What about the income that comes about for the day of Shabbos? Okay? Because Char Shabbos includes all sorts of compensation. It could be cash. It could be items. It could be forgiving of, uh, could be forgiving of a debt. Um, it is permitted to compensate somebody for protecting your things. But over here, we're dealing with income. Okay? Income is where Schar Shabbos is a problem. So the main way that many of us are able to handle these issues surrounding Shabbos is because of the following approach of the sages, which they say Schar Shabbos, earnings on Shabbos is prohibited, but Behavla'a, which means in an absorbed fashion, it's going to be okay. Now remember, why is earnings on Shabbos prohibited? Say in the Torah? No. The Chachamim, the rabbis, instituted Shabbos earnings as a safeguard that you don't come to write. So what they say is like this. If you ever compensate or are receiving compensation, the primary issue, as brought down the postgame, is more on the receiving end of the money. If I'm the one receiving the money, the primary issue is going to be when I may come to writing. But if I, absor- if I absorb it into a different payment, so there's no... There, there's, there's no concern you may come to write on Shabbos because now that money is being absorbed into a weekday payment. I can receive a lump sum compensation for a job that's done for a weekday and a Shabbos. Now, it's important to clarify. People think what this means is as follows. People think as long as you pay it together, it's fine. It's not what it means. It doesn't mean as long as you pay your sh- the, the, or you receive the Shabbos money with the weekday money, it's okay. That's not what it means. 
What it means is that if it's a single job, then I can say Havla'ah, the Shabbos compensation, is absorbed into the weekday compensation. For example, and we'll give more examples, for example, uh, babysitting on Shabbos. Okay? If somebody, you're hiring somebody, somebody wants to run children's programs on Shabbos. You could say it like this. We're paying you $30 a week. Now, part of what you have to do um, for the children's program is make sure that the toys are brought to shul before Shabbos. Okay, so now they're doing a weekday service that's part of their Shabbos service, and we're giving a lump sum payment of $30. So now that Shabbos payment is absorbed because they also have, have weekday work. We'll get to hotels soon as well. What happens if I'm a Jew who owns a hotel? So what's the, it's Har Shabbos. That what we're going to say is like this. No, you could, there, there's a very easy way around that because hotels work from 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. Even though they have check-in, check-out times, practically speaking, it's 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. So let's say somebody checks in for Shabbos. They're checking in at 3 p.m. on Friday and they're checking out right after Shabbos, let's say. So I could take payment for that because the Shabbos payment of their stay is absorbed into the Friday payment and the, the hour on Matzi Shabbos that, they, that it takes them to get out. So I could take one lump sum payment because the Shabbos payment, again, is absorbed into a weekday activity. So that's this concept of Havla. Again, earnings on Shabbos are prohibited to benefit from, but the Chazal teach us that the way around this, where they're not concerned, you may come to write specifically on Shabbos, if it's swallowed up and absorbed into a weekday payment, because then you're not going to come to write on Shabbos necessarily. You can write about it during the, you have just ample opportunity to write about it during the week. There's no primary function of Shabbos over here. So when we have a scenario where the payment for Shabbos is mixed together, is absolved with the payment, uh, not absolved, yeah, absorbed, with the payment of weekday, so the Shabbos earnings are going to be, uh, it's going to be allowed. Fine. Now, some poskim say that it's even permissible to accept payment for a service that's primarily um, done on Shabbos as long as there was prep work or cleanup work needed for Friday and or Matzei Shabbos. Okay. Um, so according to this, and this is going to get into Rebbetz and Jody asked, what about rabbis? What about teachers? What about tutors? What about people who are coming in for a Shabbaton? Yeah, they come for the weekend. So a teacher is allowed to be is allowed to be paid for tutoring somebody on Shabbos if, and only if, the prep for the tutoring takes a few minutes prior to Shabbos as well. So you say, okay, before Shabbos, the, what the tutor has to do is make sure, spend just a, a minute making sure that they have everything in order, the right books and the right uh, cards, or you do that prior to Shabbos. Or if something needs to be purchased special, for that, so you went and spent time uh, purchasing the, the material, and then the tutor is going to receive one payment for that entire service. And now that it's one payment for the entire service, the Schar Shabbos is absorbed into, into the weekday payment. Okay. What about when it comes to rentals? So, rentals, as we explained, it w- would work in the same fashion. You're allowed to rent out. 
property, you're allowed to rent out one's possessions for Shabbos if it includes time prior to Shabbos and time after Shabbos. If so, you have a religious person, you have a Jew who owns a car rental place. So you rent out cars for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there's no problem because the payment is coming in as a lump sum and the Friday payment is going to include hours on Erev Shabbos and the Shabbos payment is going to include hours on Matzei Shabbos. Fine. It's also mutter to give a gift to somebody who did them a favor on Shabbos. So, Tzachar Shabbos, Shabbos earnings is a problem. What if I, there's no like, there's not necessarily an agreement of I'm going to pay you, but whenever somebody does this for me, I give them a gift. This person tutors my kid. On Shabbos, after they're done, you know, I give them a, a nice bottle of wine. So you say, oh, you're only giving the gifts because it's compensation. No. As long as it's clear to both parties that there was no obligation here. Even if they understood they're going to get some sort of gift and whatever it is. But as long as it was understood there's no obligation to pay it. So then compensation for even if a tutor did not prepare prior to Shabbos. He's learning with my child on Shabbos afternoon and you know I'm giving him a, a, a meat board or a bottle of wine or whatever it is afterwards on Shabbos. That's going to be, even if I, even if I give it after Shabbos. I you only learn my kid, but I'm giving a gift. As long as it's not an obligation, I'm allowed to do that. Now, if they come and demand it after Shabbos, that's a proof that I'm not allowed to give it to them. They say, oh, you know what I mean? Every Shabbos, you give me a bottle of wine. After I tutor your kid for an hour, I'm like, oh, now that you're demanding it, I'm not allowed to give it to you, because then it's considered a compensation. It's not considered a gift anymore. So we'll get to gifts. Let, let's let's wait till the earnings, then we'll we'll descri- describe because that's very common. The proper way to give give a gift on Shabbos. Let's let's uh, handle that category in and of itself. Okay. Now, there's a fascinating conversation in the poskim. What about schar Shabbos when it comes to a mitzvah? It comes to a mitzvah. Let's say I'm doing a mitzvah on Shabbos. Can I be compensated for a mitzvah? Classic example is going to be a chazan. If a chazan, somebody, what they do is they daven in shul for you. Okay, let's say they live local. There's no travel time. They live a block away from the shul, and they're hired to leave the services on Shabbos or Yom Tov. So some posts can say that whenever it comes to a mitzvah, also the rabbanon did not uh, institute their decree. But even those who say it's permissible, they still say that you should know bracha, blessing, is not, don't, don't expect blessing to come from uh, Schar Shabbos. Okay, the, but the ones who have, say, listen, you've been a chazan, <clears throat> it was practice time that led up to this, and eh, it's not everything's necessarily done on Shabbos, then you could ask, what about you have somebody who doesn't need to practice anymore, they already know the services, they know what they're doing, and they're just, at this point, they're just showing up. The bottom line is, whenever you have a situation like this, work that's being done primarily on Shabbos, there aren't any outside, it's, it's worthwhile to arrange the, that the payment should come in in a way of havla, in a way where it's being absorbed in some, order, in some other form of payment. Okay, so let's get into now some practical applications. And I'm going to go through this with the, um, the practical applications that we're going to use right now. I'm going to be using two things, um, two uh, separate svarim. One is the, the Shabbos Home, volume one on page 35, goes through this. And then there's a... A uh, safer called halachically speaking, also that has a paragraph on earning money on Shabbos. Okay, so what about babysitting? 
How do we uh, how do we pay a babysitter for time that is spent strictly on Shabbos? So again, if we arrange before if we arrange with the babysitter that something should, a little bit should be done before Shabbos or a little bit of cleanup after Shabbos, no problem. Give them one lump payment. The Shabbos payment is absor- is absorbed into the other payments, and we're good to go. What if it's a daycare? Let's say it's a Shabbos morning. Uh, a, a daycare setting. Uh, I heard of a place in Eretz Yisrael, in uh, I think Tulstone, where there's a lady, Shabbos morning, she has like a baby drop-off. If mothers want to go to Shul, to Davin, so her home's available from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And you drop your baby off and you could pay after Shabbos. Another lady has a gemach, and the difference is like a ba- drop-off your baby type of gemach. You know, just, just, go, just go Davin and come back... Uh, yeah, what if a mother doesn't come back? I don't know. But, but so how could they pay after Shabbos? So, very simple. If, let's say, this service provides diapers, they provide feeding bottles, they provide any other sort of expense, then we'll say that the Shabbos expense, you drop your kid off for two hours on Shabbos morning, that will get absorbed into the reimbursement of the expense that the lady had to put out for the diaper. That's because she's paying, she's charging a price because she has expenses too. So since you're not only paying her for the time, you're also paying her for the expenses, you let her reimburse for expenses. So now that, that Shabbos payment is going to be absorbed into the expenses and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be allowed. But again, the issue is money. Can I offer different services to each other? Yeah. Now everything is money. Everything's not, not the whole world is money, but I'm saying... Everything ultimately has value. Okay, take. I'm just going to speak out my own personal situation, and then you can put in your own personal situation. You know, Baruch Hashem, in our family, we're we're blessed with a number of children. Okay, my wife's primarily around the house. People say, "What does your wife do for a living?" What does your wife do for a living? In a legitimate way, every every woman who lives in their house and takes and, and sweeps the floor and puts something into the garbage, that has financial value. Yeah. That it, that's real value. This is Gemara. This, this, cla- this classic Gemara. Okay? Any woman that watches, what, what, what's daycare? $10,000 a year to send your kid. Was $800 a month now? And you know, more, right? Whatever it is. You, want, you, you need cleaning help. You need somebody to do laundry. These things cost money to have somebody else do it. And you have a woman at home or a man at home, everything that we do brings real value to the house. I, I honestly feel my wife is bringing in more money than I do. And it, it, not as feel, I know she's really bringing money. Uh, an actual paycheck, no, but the value, the financial value, financial. She doesn't feel, but the financial value that my wife brings to my home is far more than I do. That's the reality of our family. That's the reality. So, with this idea, let me ask you a question. Let's say I ask, uh, do you mind, um, do you mind, uh, I'll do you a favor. I'll, I'll uh, you know, there's bad guys outside and we're nervous about break-ins and people are at, I'll watch your house for three hours and you watch my house for three hours. Is that considered compensation? Because again, even though we're not actually paying each other, but we're switching, we're switching times over here. That also has real financial value. Answer is, of course it's allowed. Aye, there's real financial value to this, true. But Shabbos is from the problem of, of, 
of when money is being transferred and earnings are being handed over. The Chachamim did not institute the prohibition of Schar Shabbos when we're just exchanging services. If I'm exchanging services with you, that's going to be, that's going to be allowed. What about, uh, so waitering and cleaning help, as we discussed, <clears throat> a Jewish waiter should not be paid for work done on Shabbos unless they have uh, work done prior to Shabbos or work done after Shabbos as well. And this applies to domestic cleaning help. What about restaurants and caterers? So restaurants and caterers, this is very common in tourist communities or in Eretz Yisrael, in Yerushalayim, where there's a lot of, lot of visitors. You ever hear of restaurants that like they serve meals on Shabbos? I remember when I was in Eretz Yisrael, in, in Yeshiva, there were a lot of restaurants were open on the second day Yomtif for the Chutzniks. On the second day of Shavuos, they would open up, and either before Shavuos or after Shavuos, you'd go, you'd reserve a table, and then they would just charge you whatever you took. It either was no transaction. Why are they allowed to do that? The answer is because as long as there were expenses for pre-Shabbos preparation and cleanup expenses afterwards, they could absorb the payment that you're giving them for the actual food on Shabbos into their other expenses. Okay. What about a mikvah? So we discussed mikvah, bathing in a mikvah. But what about paying for a mikvah? Okay, if somebody wants to go to the mikvah on Friday night or on Shabbos, so uh, how can the mikvah charge? The answer is because a mikvah needs to be heated. The facility needs to be maintained. It needs to be cleaned. There's a, you're not just paying for the, for the two minutes that you took a dip in the mikvah. You're paying for the overall upkeep of a mikvah, and therefore the payment of mikvah is not a Shabbos payment, it's absorbed into the other payments. Okay. A very interesting situation comes up <clears throat> with a Jewish doctor that gives services on Shabbos. Okay? And this is very, very common, especially because in our community we do whatever we can on Shabbos to not have to go running to urgent cares and hospitals because it means driving. And if you could, you know, knock on a doctor's door who lives a couple blocks away, halakhically, we'd, uh, we'd prefer that. So, um, a couple ways to figure this out. Number one is, if there's ever any follow-up phone call after Shabbos, or a follow-up visit, so then the payment for the entire treatment could be joined together. So all the doctor has to do after Shabbos is follow-up. That's part of, follow-up is part of treatment. Make sure you're okay. Give a little more advice. Make sure, you know, either keep the status quo, whatever. And now, when the, you're paying the doctor, it's all, it's all going together. Let's say the doctor doesn't follow up, but the doctor himself had some sort of cream, some sort of bandage. So now he had some sort of expenses that he put out to the patient. And therefore, again, we could say that the Schar Shabbos is absorbed into the um, into the reimbursement of the bandages or into the or into the cream of whatever whatever he offered, or what you could do is, and this would have to be with the understanding of the doctor, is make a payment in a way where the doctor doesn't charge but give a gift. You can give a gift after Shabbos instead of the doctor sending a bill. And again, this is the the it's the issues for the doctor, but the issues on the one receiving the payment. So he's, a doctor's going to have to figure out the proper way, if they're going to charge, to charge after Shabbos and, and how to go about doing that with, with Schar Shabbos. Yeah, it's, it's, after Shabbos, a gift card, a monetary gift will be fine because it's not payment anymore. This is a separate thing that I'm doing to show my Akar Satayv. It's not, uh, absolutely, that would be allowed. Yeah.
Okay. Now, again, going back to what we said by mikvah and what we said by achazin, there are poskim as well who say whenever you're dealing with a mitzvah, schar Shabbos, the rabbis allowed by a mitzvah. That's, that's another avenue that if necessary, <clears throat> a, person could, uh, a person could rely on. What about if I own vending machines? Vending machines. I have vending machines in the JCC, vending machines in nursing homes. Yeah? So those payments are coming in straight. So those are, that's actually less of a problem. Interesting. You'd think like, oh, it's coming directly on Shabbos. Less of a problem for a number of reasons. Um, according to the logic that we've been given all along is, you could just say that the price of a vending machine, as all of us know, ain't for the candy bar. It's not the candy bar. The candy bar does not cost two dollars, or if you're in an airport, six dollars, right? <clears throat> it's for some reason, airports are like Timbuktu. Yeah, it's a country in and of itself where somehow the, 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 these prices <laughs> a captured audience. Um, you're stuck. What else are you gonna do? But uh, the but you know. You, you got to keep up the machines. It takes time. You're, you're filling up the machines outside of Shabbos. Since the payment for the candy bar, everybody knows, is not just, you're not paying for the item itself, but for everything that's done before Shabbos. So that's, that's uh, one reason why it's not a problem. Another reason that the price can bring down why vending machines is a non-issue is because you're not actually doing anything. There's nothing that's actually, uh, nothing that's actually happening. Websites. What about websites? Let's say I have a website. So what's interesting on websites is that there's no real payment that's being had. Somebody places an order on a website. We said art school shuts down their website. Are you obligated? Are you obligated to shut down your website? You're not obligated to because if you're not filling the order on Shabbos, when the person places the order, all they're doing is asking for an agreement I am committing on my end to give you after Shabbos, and you're not getting that money till the order's fulfilled, till you fill the order. So what they want to do is they're asking for it to be done, and then after Shabbos, you're going to go ahead and fulfill the order, and then the charge is going to go, then the charge is, is going to go through. So that's why, the practically speaking, for a person to have a website open on Shabbos is not really a, uh, it's not really an issue. Now, the film is in. People want to go, and they want to have nothing to do with, uh, you know, with uh, any earnings that come in on Shabbos, they got their own calculations, or art school has their psak, kalakavod, I think it's a beautiful thing. But the, the, are you obligated to do so, or are not obligated to do so? The last category we'll discuss for right now is something that many of us, if not all of us, uh, it applies to probably all of us in the room, uh, and we've never thought about it, and that is bank accounts. Some banks, if you have a savings account or even a checking account, they'll offer minimal interest. A little bit of interest to your bank. It's not much. Huh? It's, it's not, not much. much. It's not much. It's not much at all. It could be a penny. Okay? But um, the interest in a bank account is compounded daily. It's a daily compound, which includes Shabbos and Yom Tif. Okay? And... Um, in general, the reason why it's not a problem is the same reason we brought down as a hotel. Because banks' days work from 12 a.m. until 11.59 p.m. 
And therefore, any interest that's accrued on Friday, we could say, is absorbed into the, the Erev Shabbos part. And any interest that's absorbed on Shabbos, that, that comes in for Shabbos, we'll say is absorbed into the Matzei Shabbos thing. Now here's where the issue comes up. What if I have a two-day Yom Tif? So I have, a, I have two days of Yom Tif, and now I'm going to go a full 12 a.m. to 11.59 p.m., um, where there's going to be a, uh, a little bit of interest over here. Okay. Bottom line is, Ramesha Feinstein, who we follow, he's got a fascinating tshuva, fascinating responsa on this. And he says, he's got a whole calculation, which I'll explain to you his logic. Uh, it's, you have to know when to use logic, very important, but he says it's not a problem. And he says, I'll tell you why. And this is, it's very important, Yesod. It's a foundational idea in the two-day yomtif. Uh, it applies to two-day Yom Tevim that are not Shabbos Sunday uh, or Friday Shabbos. It's a standard two-day Yom Tif. And what he says is as follows. Why is there two, a second day of Yom Tif? Because in case, really, the month started a day later, so the first day of Yom Tif is really Erev Yom Tif, and the second day of Yom Tif is the first day of Yom Tif. So far, so good? In case it's a day later. So Ramayish is like this. Mimanavshach, he says. Mimanavshach means no matter how you crack your egg, no matter how you look at it, it's fine. Why? Because granted we have two days of Yom Tif. But, says Ramayish, let's say Yom Tif is Monday, Tuesday. So I'm getting my interest from the bank. He says like this. If Monday is really the Yom Tif because the, the month started on the day I think, so then Tuesday is the day after Yom Tif, Rechalamayr. And therefore, that little bit of time after the first day is not really Yom Tif. Rabbinically, we keep it as Yom Tif, but it's not biblically Yom Tif. And if the rabbis don't make a decree under such a circumstance. And if the second day Yom Tif is really the Yom Tif, that means the first day was Arab Yom Tif. And therefore, the money that came in prior was Arab Yom Tif coming afterwards. Okay? Which is why, yeah, this is, it's a beautiful moment of Shach. This is why, also, you can't, it doesn't apply to other, you have to be very careful how to apply. It doesn't really, the only other area I know this applies to is when you receive a package on the first day of Yom Tif with no Shabbos involved and you need that package for Yom Tif. Let's say it's a dress. A dress, a pair of shoes, something you want to wear on Yom Tif. So here you go. Yom Tif's Monday, Tuesday. My package arrives on Monday. It's a new pair of shoes for Yom Tif. Can I wear those shoes on the second day Yom Tif? Or is it Muksa? Because it came on Yom Tif. So is, if you need it for Yom Tif, it's not Muksa. Why? See, here we go. If the Monday, if the day it arrived is really the Yom Tif, so now Tuesday is a weekday. Why can't I use it? And if you're going to tell me that the second day is really Yom Tif, my package arrived on Erev Yom Tif. It's not Muksa. Huh? Either way. But you're opening a package, so you're either... Oh, you don't know what it is? So don't, that's Muksa. But I'm saying, I ordered from... <laughs> I ordered from Zappos a pair of, of new shoes for Yom Tif. I go to Zappos, order a new pair of shoes for Yom Tif. I was on Amazon, and uh, I ordered... Uh, uh, my kid needed a... Whatever. <laughs> whatever they needed. And it arrives first day, and I know what it is. And it comes second day. So according to this logic, if it arrives the second day, you don't have that. It's automatically muktzah. What are you going to say? If it, if it arrived yesterday, it didn't arrive yesterday. 
You don't have that same back and forth, and nor do you have this logic if one day is Shabbos. But be it as it may, Rav is saying, in our situation over here, that even when it comes, it's, it's very interesting, that when it comes to interest, you could say that whatever is accruing on a daily basis, then it's, um, then it's uh, you know, we could be lenient and say the interest is covering the, the, uh, the weekday part of the day. Let's say Yom Tif falls out on Friday or Sunday, so you're going to have two consecutive days. You're going to have a, you know, that's where you have a, a, uh, a bigger problem. Maisha will say maybe you do have a problem and a person should take that little bit of interest and give it to a tzedakah that they're not going to personally gain from. But Maisha, even in this case, there, are, there is enough people who say to be lenient and there is Yeshami Lismaich. There certainly is those to rely upon. But um, somebody brought up before about the proper way to give gifts mm-hmm. on Shabbos. What's the best way around that? So the reason why we don't give gifts on Shabbos is because the transfer of ownership is like a transaction. And any transaction of ownership may lead, uh, may lead to writing. Okay. <clears throat> now, it's permitted to give a gift if that gift on Shabbos, if that gift is going to allow the one who receives it to do a mitzvah. To do a mitzvah with it. So for example, you can give somebody... Um, a talis, you can give somebody tzitzis, um, you could even give somebody a gift to help them do a mitzvah, so it's brought down that a, a parent is allowed to promise a gift to a, 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 to promise a gift to a child, or give a gift to a child on Shabbos, if they're rewarding them for something specific, because it's considered a gift from spouses, and to children, uh, parents to children, and children to parents as well. So when it's a mitzvah, it's certainly not a problem. Now, what happens um, if it's not a mitzvah and I want to give a gift on Shabbos? So there's a couple ways around this, a couple ways to make this work. Okay. One way to make it work is that the, the one giving the gift should give it to an outside party who's not, the, not a member of the uh, recipient's household. That outside party should pick up the, make, make, make a Kenyan, basically, make an acquisition to show that they, they own it. And what they're doing is, by them lifting it up, they're acquiring it for the recipient. Because there's a rule that, um, you can acquire something for somebody else when they're not around. Okay, so now what's going to happen is, I want to give a gift of a bottle of wine to somebody on Shabbos, so I'm a guest in their house, I'll give the gift to another guest in their house, not a member of their family, I'll give the bottle of wine to another member, have that person acquire it for the household that's there, and that's okay, because we're not going to come, we're not going to come to write the transaction, because I'm not having the transaction directly with the recipient. The transaction is being done by somebody else who's there for the recipient, and there's no concern of that we may come uh, that we may come to write. A simpler way to go about this, a simpler way to go about this is you hand it directly to the recipient, but give clear instructions that I'm giving it to you, but you don't really own it till Shabbos is over. You want to use it? I'm giving you permission to use my thing on Shabbos, however you want, but. It's not yours until Shabbos is over. That you have a right to do as well. And that would be the, um, the proper way to go. Now, or you could do, you could make it Hefker. Just make it ownerless. Okay? You just say it's, uh, 
Um, now, not all posts can agree with that approach. Some say you're not allowed to make something, uh, you're not allowed to make something Hefker on Shabbos. It, the, the primary ways to do it, I would say, if we're giving a gift to somebody going to their house, the best ways to do about it are the first two that we brought, and that is either give it to them and say, and say, um, I'm handing this over, but you know, I'm, it, it's mine till Shabbos is over. You're welcome to do with my thing what you want. It's not yours till Shabbos is over. Uh, or you can give it to a third party to do a zochin l'adam, to do a uh, to do it on behalf of the to acquire it on behalf of the recipient. Now it is the recipient's, and everything will uh, everything will be allowed doing it with that approach as well. Okay, we'll hold it here. Have a Just one quick absolutely go ahead.